Hello and welcome to Frankly Speaking, where we dive deep into the regional headlines and speak with leading policymakers and business leaders. I'm Ali Itani stepping in for Katie Jensen. In this episode of Frankly Speaking, we hear from Timothy Lenderking, the U.S. Special Envoy for Yemen. We ask him about the military coalition the U.S. is leading against the Houthis. We also ask about the flip-flopping of the U.S. administration with regards to the classification of the Houthis as a terrorist organization. Explore whether the recent escalation in the Red Sea and across the region can be contained and question whether President Biden's latest stance towards the Houthis could impact the crucial flow of aid into Yemen and the ongoing peace efforts. Welcome to the program. Mr. Lenderking, as of mid-February, the Houthis will be redesignated by the Biden administration as a terrorist group. Three years after the same administration, the administration you work for revoked that designation, which was put in place originally by President Trump shortly before he left office. Frankly speaking, wouldn't you agree that from the outside, it does seem like the White House cannot make up its mind? So let me ask for a definite answer. Are the Houthis terrorists or not from an American perspective? I think the complication here is that the Houthis have started attacking shipping in the Red Sea, and that's what this designation is in response to. It has no other purpose. It doesn't serve to undermine uh, peace in Yemen. On the contrary, the United States has been a huge backer under this administration of a strong peace effort, which has delivered results, right? There's been a truce for two years, it's largely held that truce, despite all of the other turmoil in the region. So it's hugely disappointing on our part to see that the Houthis have chosen to attack uh, international commerce, the international economy, in a way that has nothing to do with the purported purpose of those attacks. And this is generating a sharp response, not just by the United States, but by numerous countries, dozens of countries all over the world. So the designation is meant to put pressure on the Houthis to stop the attacks on shipping. It has a simple, a simple purpose. And it is that, that goal that, uh, that the United States has in mind. Many countries are supporting, uh, supporting this designation. Um, but if there weren't attacks on shipping, there would be no need for a designation. And that's because Houthis are attacking in a reckless, indiscriminate manner, civilian ships, commercial ships, um, often with no clear targets in mind and threatening international shipping in a vital global waterway. But Mr. Linderking, you do see why many might accuse Washington of double standards. In fact, when the redesignation was announced, Secretary Blinken had said that if the Houthis cease their attacks in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden, the U.S. will reevaluate this designation. The connotation here is that Houthis are only terrorists when they attack Israeli ships or disrupt global maritime activities, but not when they deliberately attack Saudi cities and target civilians, which has happened when President Biden removed them from the terror list three years ago. The reason that we, 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 uh, we removed that terrorist designation three years ago was because the United States wanted to set a new course with Yemen and with this conflict and to put uh, incredible priority on ending the war in, conf uh, in Yemen, which had raged for almost eight years at that point. 
And it, it clearly was the right decision as over the next period of time leading into April 2022, um, the military, uh, neither side was able to score a military victory over the, uh, over the other. And a key international point was fulfilled. That is that there is no military solution to the conflict. That is still the case. So the fact, I think, that the Houthis have now chosen to attack uh, civilian shipping has drawn this kind of criticism and harsh reaction, as I say, not just from the United States, but from many countries. More than uh, 50 nations have been affected by the attacks on shipping. Their crews, their mariners, their ships, their flags. Um, and this is becoming a global problem. It's raising prices, increasing uh, uh, freight costs and insurance costs, not for the wealthy, but uh, for those moving wheat, I mean, hubs, a basic product for the Middle East and neighboring countries, uh, wheat prices are going up. This is hurting all sorts of consumers and ordinary people all over the world. And that's why there's been such a short, uh, such a sharp reaction and why the reaction is growing against this Houthi behavior. But surely the Biden administration knew at the time they removed them that this is the very same group whose official slogan is death to America and curse the Jews. They're also the same group that overthrew the legitimate UN-backed government in Yemen. Yes, this is correct. And there are many um, detestable aspects of, of uh, their ideology, I think, that people find very difficult to, to deal with. Um, that is true. There are a number of, uh, number of instances, many instances of human rights violations by the Houthis. These are captured in our annual human rights report. The administration, however, also felt that removing the designation would uh, lessen the stress on the humanitarian networks in Yemen. This was identified by President Biden as a priority that the United States should move to improve the humanitarian situation in Yemen. And for that reason, we are the largest donor to humanitarian assistance in Yemen with more than $738 million this past year totaling more than $5 billion uh, over the course of the conflict. So we've put serious money on the table to try and help uh, you know, ordinary Yemenis deal with the, the problems and challenges of the war, the damages to infrastructure. That remains a commitment, and we're very eager to get back to a Yemen that is moving forward toward a peace deal, moving beyond the truce into a durable ceasefire, Yemeni, Yemeni political talks. This is still our goal. Are you not worried that the redesignation of Houthis as a terrorist group might negatively impact the flow of humanitarian aid into Yemen? What happens to the children and the needy if this is the case? We are, we are very cognizant of that and very concerned about it. And that's why we felt that the uh, specially designated global terrorist designation or SDGT was an appropriate tool at this particular time. It does provide carve-outs, licenses to ensure that humanitarian organization, basic commerce, movement of food, fuel, medicine to Yemenis will continue so that the vital work of NGOs and, uh, and the UN uh, can proceed in Yemen. Though all those workers who are you know, working in very, very difficult circumstances in Yemen to provide help to the Yemeni people. And so we're, I think, fulfilling our commitment to the Yemeni people, while at the same time really shining the spotlight on the reckless behavior of the Houthis and trying to demonstrate how that's hurting 
uh, them and also hurting Yemen. I want to move back to how what's happening in the Red Sea impacts the ongoing peace talks in Yemen. Now, a previous statement did say that you emphasize the need to contain the Israeli-Hamas conflict while pursuing the United States priority of Yemeni-Yemeni political dialogue to end the war and set Yemen on a firm course for peace and stability. Tell me, how possible is it to balance both? This is a challenge. I mean, there's no question that the region, the broader Middle East region, is, is, uh, is deeply affected, I think, by what's happening in, in Palestine and in Gaza, um, deeply affected by the attacks that Hamas launched on October 7th. And this is consuming resources and attention. There's a great effort, I think, as everybody knows, to work on uh, releasing the hostages and containing the conflict. Uh, and so I think we're all extremely worried about the ripple effects of what's happening in Gaza on the broader region. It's just unfortunate that the Houthis have chosen to convey their solidarity with the Palestinians, which many people feel, many Americans feel, many regional countries feel by attacking regional shipping. It's as though I have an issue with my neighbor and I go and burn down the neighborhood grocery store. Uh, it, it, it makes no sense. This ac action by the Houthis is doing nothing to help the Palestinians, nothing to alleviate the suffering of Gazans at all. In fact, on the contrary, it's complicating the movement of vital supplies into Gaza. So this is also an adverse effect of what the Houthis are doing. It is simply the wrong reaction. And, you know, we urge the Houthis to stop this as soon as possible, return their focus to the peace effort in Yemen. So you do remain hopeful that a Yemeni-Yemeni political dialogue and ultimate peace remains possible despite the recent escalations in the Red Sea. I really do. I do remain hopeful. It's part of my job to be hopeful, but I also feel that a lot of progress was made over the last two years. The fact that there was this truce, there has been de-escalation, that Sana'a Airport was open to commercial flights for the first time since 2016, that Yemenis could get on, on their own national carrier, Yemeni Airlines, fly to Amman, get medical care, meet with family members they have not been able to see for many years. This is tremendous, uh, but we need to see more of it. We need to see the elements of the truce expanded. And my job is to help get help us all get back to that focus and away from the very destabilizing impact of what the Houthis are doing, where they've chosen uh, the the most inappropriate uh, theater in which to um, you know uh, exercise their solidarity with the Palestinians. Get back to the focus on Yemen, and we can have a genuine end to the Yemen conflict. I firmly believe that. Last September, in an interview with Arab News, on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly's 78th session, you said that the Biden administration's mission is to see that this terrible war in Yemen can be brought to a close in a just and comprehensive manner. Looking at the near daily strikes by US and UK forces at different locations in Yemen today, don't you think that these actions amount to a new war, not ending the terrible war? These strikes are aimed solely at uh, destroying the capability of the Houthis to attack international shipping. They have no other purpose than to do that. And so the, the, the targets that have been selected are all uh, missile sites and storage facilities, UAV uh, capabilities that are specifically aimed at uh, international shipping. 
And so uh, that is the intent of these uh, strikes. They are having significant impact in, in degrading that capability. Uh, but I think we all recognize that we're not going to solve any of the problems in the region um, you know, if we have to keep dealing with these attacks on shipping. So let the Houthis um, de-escalate this effort. We de-escalate and we can move the focus back to helping the Gazans in a genuine and effective way, and also uh, working toward a, a genuine and durable peace in Yemen. At the same UNGA meeting, Rashad Al-Alami, chairman of Yemen's Presidential Leadership Council, had urged the international community to do more to stop the flow of arms and resources to the Houthis, warning that the institutions of Yemen will not have the necessary resources to deal with these cross-border challenges. Clearly, that call has fallen on deaf ears. In fact, if anything, the recent escalation shows that there is no shortage of weapons being shipped to Houthis. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree, unfortunately. And I think here we see the, uh, the very negative role that Iran is, is playing. Those weapons that are being shipped to the Houthis to be used in a variety of ways to antagonize the region, to attack uh, global shipping, those weapons come from Iran. They're not coming from other countries. They're coming from Iran in violation of UN Security Council resolutions not to fuel the conflict through providing weapons to uh, to the to the to the Houthis. And so, uh, one of the one of the ships, a small ship called a Dow, that was seized two weeks ago, was loaded with weapons coming from Iran, bound for the Houthis. This is exactly the kind of of uh, negative role that the Iranians are playing, even though they're trying to portray uh, the activity of Hamas and the Houthis is justified, this is not justified. And international conventions and law um, in indicate that. So we do need the Iranians to dial back their lethal support for the Houthis, encourage the Houthis, as they have done on some occasions, I must note, to return their focus to the peace effort in Yemen and stop fanning the, uh, fueling the conflict. As you mentioned, the majority of these weapons are undoubtedly coming from Iran, a country which the Biden administration, your administration, has allowed to access 10 billion US dollars last November through a four months waiver to Iraq. Don't you think such decisions only embolden Iran and its proxies? Well, I think, as you know, that money has not, in fact, gone to Iran. It's been frozen. And that's exactly the appropriate step when the Iranians uh, behave not as a, uh, an upstanding member of the, uh, of the international community, but as, but as a, rogue, uh, a rogue actor. And that's unfortunately what, what the Houthis are doing with their attacks on shipping is, is that same type of, uh, of aggressive and, and provocative behavior that is, in, is, is not helping in any way to calm the region down from the current crisis, but rather to escalate it. Of course, Iran never admits its involvement in Yemen, nor with Hamas or October 7th for that matter. However, let me ask you, if you got a chance to convince the Houthi leadership face to face today that attacks on commercial international shipping in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden are counterproductive and don't serve the Palestinian cause in any practical way, what would you say to them in brief? Is there even a slight possibility of the U.S. discussing the Houthis' demands of Israel? I mean, I think we're all very keen to see uh, immediate, measurable, uh, demonstrable uh, improvement in the lives of Palestinians in Gaza. 
and to see that the maximum amount of humanitarian assistance can be brought to the Palestinian people there. And that was very much the focus of Secretary Blinken's most recent travel to the Gulf region and to Israel. I, I accompanied him on part of that trip in the Gulf and the conversations that we had with Gulf leaders in Qatar and Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, there was a great deal of convergence on the importance of increasing humanitarian supplies to Gaza. So that that is a not just a U.S. priority, it's a regional priority and an international priority. Unfortunately, what the Houthis are doing are, is interfering with that priority, making that goal even more difficult. So this isn't an act of solidarity with the Palestinians in, in a concrete way that is helping them. As I say, uh, it is hurting the Palestinians. Mr. Lender King, one argument is that this whole escalation in the Red Sea and the potential regional spillover could have been and could still be averted if the U.S. puts more pressure on Israel to abandon what many have described as a failed strategy in Gaza. Wouldn't you agree? I do think that, uh, you know, our administration, our embassy in Israel are in hourly contact with the Israeli leadership about the importance of humanitarian aid to Gaza and about the importance of, uh, you know, getting the hostages out, working all the angles of that particular conflict. So I don't think there's uh, any higher priority for the United States in the region at this point than, than doing that. But the United States also recognizes that the ripple effects from that conflict should not escalate into other uh, theaters, other areas of the region. And again, I think that what we're seeing from the Houthis is such an escalation where they have attacked now more than 40, uh, 40, more than 40 ships, wave after wave of UAVs and missile attacks on uh, international shipping that has nothing to do with uh, the Israelis or, or you know, Israeli-owned ships. These are random and indiscriminate and reckless attacks, and it's forcing international commerce to move away from the Red Sea. That's not good for any country in the region, especially for Yemen. But Mr. Lenderking, not only has Israel's military campaign in Gaza failed to achieve its strategic targets, it has had a massive civilian and humanitarian toll. And as you have evidently seen in Yemen, it's risking a regional conflict. Surely the solution has to be dealing with the root cause and not the symptoms. Well, I think we certainly agree with that. And part of the root cause is that there is no state for the Palestinians. And I think that's why you see the United States leadership so focused on the two-state solution, uh, which, which is seen as, as ultimately the way to, to, to address the concerns that are being reflected in the Gaza conflict and why the United States is leading regional efforts to do that and why this administration is, is so determined to, to see that positive result uh, come through this. Um, but this is all no excuse for any uh, you know, regional actor to create more stress on the regional economies, to, to create more stress on regional conflicts um, by firing indiscriminately into international shipping lanes. This is causing great alarm, great concern. And as I say, many, many companies are diverting from this region, uh, which is not good for uh, regional economies or for the people of the, of, of the region. And finally, Mr. Lender King, despite these challenges, what would be your recipe for a solution that guarantees a peaceful and prosperous Yemen? 
because surely that is where American regional and Yemeni interests align. You know, there is a uh, there is a roadmap that the parties have agreed to, uh, the conflict parties, on the way forward in Yemen. And an announcement was made December 23rd by the by the UN envoy, noting that agreement had been reached, at least tentatively, on a roadmap for the way forward. This exists. Uh, tremendous work has gone over the last two years into achieving that moment. So that the the peace process in yemen is in sight it's attainable uh, and the sooner we can move away from attacks on red sea shipping and return the focus to the yemen peace effort i'm confident that we will be able to rally international support working closely with the un with saudi arabia with our other partners in the region like oman united arab emirates to really bring about an end to the conflict in Yemen. That remains a foremost goal of the United States. Mr. Timothy Lenderking, U.S. Special Envoy for Yemen, thank you for your time and thank you for joining us on the program. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.